Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Uncommon Cast. This is Dawn, and we are here in the treehouse with uh, Ryan and Cody. And Hello, and good morning. Good morning. Ryan is currently wheeling the basket up. Wheeling up the basket. With two important items. One, a blanket for me, because... Because... 60 degrees It's out. under 70 degrees, so yes. Don needs to dress like the tundra. Uh-huh. And hey, you guys, I put in here a gift, a special gift this morning. Uh, this morning's sponsor I'm for nervous. the podcast. Whenever Cody and I meet with Don, and we have to get uh, special food because she's gluten-free and dairy-free, so I was thinking, what, what could Don possibly eat with us this morning? So I wanted to keep it healthy and clean. I got you guys Slim Jims that to go with our coffee. Disgusting. And I would actually be willing to bet this is not gluten-free. <laughs> it says non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free. It contains soy, but that's okay. All, who knows, all natural, who, who knows what else it contains? It's a mystery. Meat always comes in this form, so you know Ugh. it's good. Have a do Slim Jim. All natural. Oh, yeah. Ugh, it, makes me, it makes me think of seventh grade. I used to buy Slim Jims at the student store. Ugh. It makes me think of road trips. Gross. Uh, we're so glad that you all joined us this morning. So we hope that maybe you're listening with some coffee, Slim Jim, zucchini muffins, yes. as we are, and dive into combination, right? Such a good combo, <laughs> and that you dive into this morning's topic because we've been hoping to hit this one for a while. That's right. So um, the the reason we're talking about the topic we're going to hit today is because um, about a month ago. I had some really good friends that received just some terrible news, Um, news that, you know, every once in a while in our lives, we get news that just kind of makes life stop. And this was one of those moments for them. And uh, we, I went to sit with her and just talking through how she was doing. And essentially she said she wasn't doing well, but she added the caveat um, as she looked at me kind of with teary eyes. And she said, but I know God won't give me more than I can handle. And that sparked um, intense emotion in me in that moment. <laughs> and it's it has sparked like really great conversations since then, not only with her, but with lots of people about this idea that God won't give us more than we can bear or more than we can handle. Um, if you're listening and you've heard that before, just raise your hand in the car or on the sofa. Has somebody told you that before? Because certainly... I've heard it. I grew up hearing it. Um, and we just kind of want to unpack that today, unpack the truth of it um, or the mythology of it and unpack kind of what it does in us when we believe and say things like God won't give us more than we can handle. Sometimes many of us know that we can take verses out of context and uh, misapply no, them. Never. It happens. I've heard it happens in, in, <laughs> in the kingdom, right? And... Uh, this this is one of those that we have applied outside of, I think it's intentional meaning, and it ends up being damaging to people where in the midst of their pain and suffering, you even make them feel worse by giving them a God-given verse. So here, here's where this comes from. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians is part of a two-part letter from Paul to this group of believers, a faith community in Corinth, and he... Um, Right before this verse, just so you understand the context, he's listening. He's listing some things that have happened in Israel's history, in the believer of in the in the God believing history, right? And he said some some things have happened, some bad things have happened. And he goes into this verse. He says these things have happened. Um, 
to them as examples that were written down, their warnings for us. So 1 Corinthians 10, 13, here's, here's the verse that people take out of this. Um, no temptation though has seized, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can handle and endure it. Now that is that is good, and and that uh, this translation hits temptation. Um, that when we are faced, when we're being tempted to go away from doing what's right, or being tempted to way going away from God's will for our lives, um, there's going to be there's going to be a way out. But many people have taken this to say nothing in life has overtaken you except what is common to man. God is faithful; He will not let you experience anything, even pain and suffering beyond what you can bear. And that is the fallacy of where this verse has been applied and has actually damaged a lot of people. And I've heard it in my life in painful and suffering circumstances. Luckily though, um, women apparently are impervious to such temptation. All right. Cause it says mankind. (laughs) Right. Done. (laughs) Right. Humankind. Human. Oh, okay. Humankind. Okay, got it. <laughs> Sorry, what what version was I reading? NIV. That's why. All right. Just had to. I just had to poke at you. <clears throat> I'm glad that you reframed that because, and I'm glad that you pointed out that it's talking about temptation because so many times people have come to people experiencing grief, experiencing hard times, experiencing just the rough things of life, which is uncertainty. Right. Part of being human is experiencing those rough things of life. And, and in our attempt to like make people feel better in those moments, sometimes we turn to phrases like that and they get distorted and they become platitudes that are mel- meant to, to help, but they often hurt. And I, and I can speak from experience with that for me because that phrase, God will never give you more than you can handle was thrown around when I was 11 years old and my dad passed away. And uh, we were involved in church. And so a lot of church folk came by, uh, people who love Jesus, people who have good hearts, came by well-meaning and said things like, God will never give you more than you can handle. And at the time, as an 11-year-old boy, I'm thinking, what? I can't, I can't handle this. Like, Mm-hmm. This is too much for me. This yeah. is way beyond what I can handle. Uh, an 11-year-old boy losing a, f- a father is not something that you can handle. And the thing is, is that um, the the more I got involved in church, the more I, I got involved in my faith, I heard that more often. I even came to a place where I, <laughs> I found myself saying it. And then it was just the gut check of like, wait. Life gives us things that we can't handle all the time, but we know somebody who can handle it. And it's, and it's the ability to lean on and rely on him in those moments um, that I think is actually the point. And it's interesting because when we find ourselves in seasons where things are generally fine, what can happen is that we easily in our faith can become um, impervious to platitudes. In fact, our faith can often be built on some of these platitudes, like God will never give you more than you can bear, or um, I don't know. 
other. Be thankful in all circumstances. Yeah. Yes, in all mm-hmm. circumstances, be thankful. Which is a verse. So, it of totally course, you can is. apply it to someone who just lost a parent. That's right. A, yeah. God exactly. helps suffering child. God helps those who help themselves, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. in the Bible. That's my um, dad's version. And the fascinating thing is that it's like you were saying, Cody, you even found yourself saying it. Um, it's when we find ourselves or people we are close to um, in kind of terrible places in life, unexpected places, places in life that are frankly more than anybody can or should have to bear, that it becomes really blaringly obvious that these are not helpful and not really true. Right. And so I just want to take a second and maybe talk about um, what does it do to our faith if we have been leaning on some of these platitudes without really kind of going deep into what they are saying to our hearts? What does it do to our faith when we encounter hard things? Mm-hmm. I I love how you ask that, because sometimes if we hear that in our lives, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. You should put a smile on your faith. Be thankful in this circumstance. He's going to bring good out of it. This all happens for a reason. Everything he, he brings, right? Good for every, out of everything for those who follow him, right? How many of you have heard that one? <laughs> right. And, and that's from a verse from too. from a verse, totally. You know? And it's, and um, it's true in its context. <laughs> but, but what that does for us in that moment may sound like a challenge where someone's looking at you and your pain and suffering and right. grief and confusion and saying, you don't have enough faith right now. Right. You should put a smile on your faith if you tru- fi- uh, smile on your face if you truly believed. Right. And the, the fact is that that is wrong. And what we see in scripture is Jesus and, and a, a God that comes alongside people in their pain and suffering and does not tell them to buck up, but mm-hmm. meets them in it That's right. and says, I am here for you. I'll surround you. I, my heart goes out to the suffering. My heart goes out to the broken. Um, you don't need to smile now and you don't even need to understand that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that approach is what we should do for each other. Um, because we can, we can tend to to drop those platitudes, and and maybe it's a way to to make somebody feel better. But then we get to walk away, um, and we feel like we've done something. But sitting with somebody in the mess, in the grief, in the hard things, and walking with them through it is so much more effective and helpful than those words. Right. It's not the quick fix, but um, it certainly is is more powerful and meaningful in the long run. Because what I think of, um, like you were saying, Ryan, when when I think of God doesn't give me more than I can bear and and I now am carrying that in my heart and I encounter something difficult um, that does the opposite to me. than tell me I need to lean in. That says um, just try harder. Mm -hmm. Just do better. Like just grit your teeth a little bit more and make it through whatever BS is going on in your life, whatever hard news you just got, you you need to make it work. Just do it, you know, um, as opposed to being given permission to be like, this is hard. I don't have the skills or the faith or the strength to do this. What can I draw on that will get me through this? Because at some point, deep in our gut, we know we don't have what it takes. 
to get us through whatever this season is, you know? And I think what God does in that, um, is doesn't surround, doesn't, doesn't give us a truth that fixes, like Mm -hmm. you said, but God surrounds us with people that incarnate his love and presence. Yeah. So it is, it is one thing that we need to lean into God in those circumstances, go, I don't know, this is too much. I can't handle it. God, um, yeah, help me through this because I, I can't, right? And I think one of God's greatest gifts is just people to enter enter the shit with you, mm-hmm. right? And to say, I'm here with you. I'm I'm here to stand by your side. I'm here to be present. I remember at one point, um, Don, you and I had a, a professor, Pam Powell, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how to best counsel people um, in pain and suffering and and in death in the family. Um, and she told a story once where she arrived at a house and she was brand new to this pastoral counseling thing, didn't know what to do, what to say. And she sat on a piano bench, um, while the whole family was getting together and mourning and grieving. And she was like, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to sit here and God, please use me, give me words, give me where it was ours. She was there and, um, the family thanked her later and she's like, I, I didn't, didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't teach anything. I didn't fix anything. And they said, you were present. Mm-hmm. You were there with us. Yeah. And that was, that was, she was embodying that God is there with you in That's the right. pain um, and surrounding you with, with a community of love and support. And maybe that's the message that we need in it. I, I, uh, I was reading this last week about how a, a therapist dealt with, dealt with this question. Um, it's in a, it's in an article where, where this therapist is just making a case like people, we need to stop telling people that God doesn't give us more than we can handle and using first <laughs> Corinthians ten thirteen out of right. context where, um, in fact, he even makes a point in this. It says that the Bible actually even teaches the opposite. At times God does give people more than they can handle. Um, and, and he, he shows up to be for them what they can't be for themselves. So this counselor goes to, goes to another place in scripture and it says, may I, may I give us a new text to go to with pain and suffering and more than when we have more than we can handle. And he says, use second Corinthians 12, um, seven through 10. And, and let me read it really quick and then I'll read you his verse. And here's second Corinthians 12, seven through 10. Um, keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of revelations. Um, keep me from being too joyful about all these good things going on. For I know a thorn was giving me, given me in the flesh. There's something that Paul was dealing with. We don't know what the thorn in the flesh was, but it was constantly in his life. It was constantly a pain and he constantly prayed for God to take it away. And he didn't. Um, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul goes on, he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Um, For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the counselor takes this verse and this is what he says. He says, I, I propose we cease saying God won't give you more than you can handle. And we begin to encourage people by saying God will give you all the grace you need 
in every situation you face. Mm -hmm. God isn't standing there to judge you and say, buck up, get out of this with a smile on your face. But he's saying, hey, I'm going to give you all the grace you need because I know suffering myself. Mm -hmm. And here's the grace for however much time you need, whatever processing you need. My grace is sufficient for you. And I think that that gives us permission um, to be real, to be honest. Um, a lot of times um, concepts or people saying things like God won't give you more than you can bear um, drives us to an inauthentic living, an inauthentic faith, where we feel like if we are um, good followers of Jesus, then I should be able to handle this and trust that God won't give me more than I can bear. So I'm just going to smile, right? I'm just going to pretend like everything's fine, even though um, I need a place to lean into. Um, I'm not going to access that. But um, I want to shift so we stay on time to to ask this question. If that isn't true, if maybe those of us have been believing God won't give us more than we can bear— um, for a while now, or it's something that we've carried in our hearts. If we need to shift our understanding, um, what is true? What, what can we lean into in, in hard times? I love that topic or that verse about grace. Um, but what else, like, what is God up to in the hard things kind of? All three of us actually have been listening to a uh, podcast, not a podcast, a book. On tape. I get confused because it feels like a podcast because I'm listening to it in my car. Um, But Rob Bell's book called What is the Bible? And he reads this quote, and then I want us to discuss it. He says um, in, what is this? Ephesians 1 verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. This he is God. So God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he, God, purposed in Christ or planned in Christ to be put into effect when the time reaches its fulfillment. Okay, that's a lot of words. But here, tune into this part right now. So his purpose, what he wants to do, his good pleasure is to do this thing, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So what does that mean and how does it help us as we kind of um, walk through hard things or deal with the pain and suffering that, and confusion that life throws at us sometimes? You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking for a long time. Well, I mean, it makes me think of restoration and it makes me think of reconciliation, fancy words like that, that God is trying to make things whole. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the times that things feel really broken and messed up, having the comfort knowing that God is working and he's going to make wholeness out of all of that and he's going to restore. That's what that makes me think of. And I wonder though, like obviously we wouldn't that verse on its own to give to someone that's facing something, they may not get total comfort that God is working towards the unity of all things. So I know that there's a deep seated, an an explanation of that, Don, that you're really 
want to bring out right now, and I want to hear you bring it out, because what is that unity in all things that gives any of us hope when life is tough and sucks? So this is wisdom that we've gleaned, all three of us, from this book, What is the Bible? by Rob Bell. But he talks about uh, that phrase, to bring unity to, um, is a very long Greek word, anakephalustestai, which I probably just butchered, but that's okay because you're not going to look it up anyways. You all know that. Um, And that is this word that talks about bringing unity, but it also has this understanding of um, retelling the story. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think this concept has so much to offer to us when we find ourselves in hard things. Because if you're like me, I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. And in fact, my favorite stories to tell, and even growing up, like I remember sitting with my dad and my uncle and our family and all of the stories that would get told were the worst stories that had ever happened. I mean, Mm. one of the famous stories in my family was when my grandfather fell out of a canoe, right? Like, That wasn't funny at the time when he fell out of the canoe, but that story has gotten retold and retold, and it's part of our family narrative now. Some of my favorite stories to tell, to retell, are the times that the car caught on fire in Mexico or um, Drew got crushed by a water tower, you know, like (laughs) in the moment they weren't funny, but now we retell them and there's this truth that... When we retell parts of our story, the worst parts become the most empower, the most powerful, the most impacting, the best parts of the story. Maybe because it was in those moments that we wrestled the most with life, and we found that looking back, it was in those hardest moments that they were the most transformational as to who we were as people. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's the hope. That's the hope in it. We're, as humans, we're sense machines. So when mm-hmm. we're reason machines, right? So when, when bad things happen, when the child gets cancer, when there's a shooting at the synagogue, when, when a father dies, it, what sense is there? And mm-hmm. it throws us into this confusion about life. We're disoriented because our sense machine is things aren't connecting. And we go through a process there of total disorientation, trying to figure it out. What sense can we make out of this? What sense can we make out of this? And then we arrive at a place where we can retell the story and we can bring good out of it. Not that the story was ever good and not that we are ever encouraging anyone to say, God did this to you to teach you a lesson. No crap happens in the world because the world is crappy and broken. Right. But there's this title that God has, um, throughout scripture as redeemer mm-hmm. and, and a redeemer is someone is something that, that takes a mess and brings value out of that. Mm-hmm. Like we redeem our old tin cans. They were trash, but now you could get value out of them. Um, God has this title of redeemer because he can bring good or transformational stories and character development and, and even life out of where there was death in your life. That's right. And that title of Redeemer gives us hope that in the future, sense will be made even in the disoriented and painful state that we're in now. And yes, it doesn't offer immediate healing the way telling somebody God won't give you more than you can bear does. Mm -hmm. But if you can lean into the truth that um, this is the work of God in the world, that even in the midst of things that don't seem to make sense, what God is doing is he is 
bringing unity to all things. He is retelling the story of all things in ways that offer meaning and transformation and um, make some of the worst bits of our story into some of the most powerful parts of our story. Here's, here's two to go back to maybe a better thing to say is God's going to give you his grace is sufficient to get you through this and to be with you through this. I think God's grace is sufficient to, to get you through it. Even when you turn your back on God, when something bad happens in life and you're like, I'm done, I can't make sense of this. Why did this happen in my family or, or Mm -hmm. to me? Why did that happen to, to me as a child or, um, and we slam the door because we just don't understand. I think God's grace is sufficient to stay on the other side of the door and go, it's okay, I understand why you slammed the door. But that same God of grace is the God of love who is right on the other side of that door waiting to get back to you to love you through it and to make more sense of what your life is about. Can you, um, and you did just a little bit there, but can you unpack even more? Like, what is that idea of... God's grace is enough because sometimes I think, uh, in the midst of hard things, like even that you're like, I don't know how to access that. I don't know what that means for me. Um, what do you mean when you, when you feel comforted by the fact that God's grace will carry you through anything? What kind of comfort does that bring you? I think oftentimes we feel that the proximity of God to us is dependent upon our behavior and our faith, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? That if we act right, and believe right, God is closer to us. Mm-hmm. He's happier with us, right? I believe that does please God, you know, when when we are close. But God's grace says that I'm going to be just as close to you in your doubt as in your faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be just as close to you in your sin as when you are the holiest of holy. And I think that's what I mean, that that when we say God's grace is sufficient for you for with all your ups and downs, all your faith and doubt, whether you're cursing God or praising God. And in that moment, God's saying, look, I love you. You're my child. I'm like the father to the prodigal son at this moment. My arms are open wide for you to come back to me mm-hmm. and to, and to give you a feast of life. And I think that's what I mean by saying God's grace is sufficient that's to good. be by your side in this. And here's what we as people need to do. We need to be the presence of that grace for mm-hmm. others. We don't correct mm-hmm. people in their pain. We don't fix people in their suffering. Mm-hmm. We bring them a freaking casserole, right? <laughs> and, and you sit on the couch or the piano bench. Yes. And yeah. you just have coffee with them. And maybe you just are a sounding board to pain. And you say, I love you. I'm praying for you. And, uh, and then you show up the next day mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and do yeah. the same thing. Or maybe you just sit and yeah. let them cry. And that's like, sometimes we're like, I don't have the words. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You don't have to just show up and sit on the piano bench. Yeah. Quick personal story. Go. You made me think of when my dad passed, that person was my aunt Mm. and what my aunt did. She didn't come and she wasn't one of the ones that was trying to fix the problem. She just came. She stayed with us for like a month. She just stayed with us when my mom couldn't handle the grief and still be a mom. My aunt took us out to lunch Mm -hmm. or took us to Walmart (laughs) or took us to the park, whatever. And I think the power in just people being with one another through all of it, 
I, I mean, I, I, I would be bold enough to say that that's, I think, how God carries us through. Good. But so if you are finding yourself in a situation where it's more than you can bear and you need some hope, reach out to somebody, reach out to us. We'd love to encourage you. Yeah. And uh, don't, don't try to walk it alone. Don't try to bear these things alone because uh, God gave us people. He gives us grace and we're here for you. Yeah. Don't feel guilt or shame because you feel overwhelmed and that you don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for tuning in to episode 10 of the Uncommon Cast. We hope that um, this has sparked some things in your heart. We hope this sparks conversation yeah. that you can have around the dinner table or across over a cup of coffee. Um, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. Yeah, we look forward for more deep thoughts from a treehouse in San Diego. And uh, hey, be oh, stay tuned for our upcoming events. You'll see links. You'll see links below. Um, talk about everything that's coming on this summer. Our next wine and words. Some big uncommon parties. Some good life, which are great programs for kids raising little heroes, little bold heroes in this world. And we would love to have you join us with everything because everything's way more fun when you show up as a community because that's what brings life. Talk to you soon. Bye.